Well, good evening, and thanks so much for listening to Heart of Indie Radio. Tonight, we are in for a treat. We have the one and only Judith Klumpus, all the way from New Zealand, in our studio. And she's going to be talking to us about a variety of things, but Judith has had a huge career. She's been running music festivals, she owns her own venue, and she's responsible for making New Zealand's largest indoor venue, Spark Arena, absolutely zero waste. She came up with a strategy, and she implemented it, and it's very exciting. So really excited to talk to you tonight, Judith. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So you've had a huge career. It's, uh, there's, been, there's lots of different chapters, and I want our listeners to get a chance to know you tonight uh, and hear a little bit more about your journey into the music industry and beyond and how you ended up living in New Zealand. Oh, quite a long story. Um, I'll, try and, I'll try and keep it short. Okay. Um, I'm from England originally, and I went to a normal primary school, which happened to have a very good team of music teachers. I think it was because we we're in Durham, which is a university town and has a very strong music department. Um, but I was I played every instrument. I was in the school orchestra. I was in the county youth orchestra. I used to do Saturday music and all sorts of things like that. And I was always the kid who put the chairs out and made the program and designed the poster. So um, I think I've always had that in me to, um, to, to organize rather than to perform, but I, I still do perform, um, not to public, but you know, friends and family. Um, so taking um, my father's career as an inspiration, he's a, has played violin and cello all his life and he's a doctor and I thought I'll be a doctor and I'll play music and I think at about the age of 16 my mother sort of looked at me and said are you sure and um she said you can do music if you want and I I kind of felt like I had to be a doctor because I'd said I was going to be one and then I realized I had my life to live and it was my life and I and I switched very late on and, and went to um performing arts school um, and I majored in arts administration so that was in the early 80s it was quite an unusual thing to do Um, it's quite still quite an unusual degree Um, but that thrust me straight into organizing and being part of a performance um, center at the university Um, and it was sort of on from there straight into internships with companies I went to the company that organized Live Aid and they were U2's promoter and I was very junior and I spent several years on the road as their rep after I graduated. Um, Organizing everything from toilets to car parks to concert tickets to stage crew to electricians to caterers. Um, And I had a- My goodness. (laughs) Wow. It's like- (laughs) You were like the CEO. No, <laughs> no, I was the gopher. I was so <laughs> no, but I mean, it's just that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and when 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 we sat down, I think our first day at university, and the um the the tutor it was uh, fifteen of us in in my group, and the, the tutor said, "Okay, you you're all here because you love the arts, but actually, this is all about toilets and car parks." And I would say <laughs> it's about toilets and car parks and plastic waste now. <laughs> yes, the day it was. <laughs> There wasn't much plastic waste. We we got into bad habits, I think, as a as a um, species. Um, so yeah, and uh, and I I loved being part of the scene, and I love not having to perform, but I I really appreciate great music, and um, it's wonderful to be in an industry that you that you love the product. I have to say, absolutely. And and you're here in New Zealand now, and you've 
you've been helping run or and you own Spark Arena and you've been able to take all of the knowledge and everything that you've like you've gone through the list of all the different things you did in just that chapter of your life and what motivated you to make Spark Arena environmentally conscious and it seems like an incredible undertaking how did you manage to do that with your staff I mean what was the Um, well I was in a really lucky position I have to say I think a lot of people come and ask me you know how can I do this in my organization and I was in a position where I was listened to so because I'm at the top, I wasn't a middle manager trying to be heard because a lot mm-hmm. of the resistance comes from people that think it's going to cost more. And um, what I did after being in the industry for 30 years, I decided to take myself back to university, which I did in 2016. I went to AUT here in Auckland and I did a master's in design um, and I took my area into customer experience design, um, which was really because... I have and you have, Emmy, loved live music from grassroots right up to the enormous shows. But there's something about a concert arena which doesn't engender the same visceral love that people have for the small gig. And and my thesis was really examining that kind of void of emotion that you get when you're in one of these settings where there's 12,000 people. And... Um, Uh, As part of my thesis, I was required by AUT to find a sustainability issue, which is part of what their design faculty um, insist on now. All the design students have to think about sustainability when they embark on anything. And I was a bit clueless, really. I thought, well, I don't know what to do. I'll have a think. Um, I looked at power. I looked at transport. Power in New Zealand, 90% is from renewable sources. So I I thought, well, that's not really low-hanging fruit. And I looked around what I could really easily tackle. And I I see what everyone doesn't see at the end of the night, which is the amount of plastic cups that are dropped on the floor. Um, And I thought, there's something we can make a very, very easy change to very simply. Um, and And I embarked on research into into that and there's a lot of work gone into it around the world um but it's generally in the public space and what's unique about a concert venue is you're in a um, environment where the venue controls everything that comes in so if you buy a straw you have to get rid of the straw at the end of its use so people were not making great choices and we also, I think, assume that because people know there's a recycle bin, they know how to use it. And a lot of times people do it wrong. Um, they assume that maybe their coffee cup's made of cardboard. So, oh, that's paper. So that can be recycled. And they don't realize that it can't because it's lined with a layer of plastic. So what they're doing is destroying the um, the system by putting the wrong thing in. And then that means that whole bin and then that entire skip and then that entire truckload is, is tainted and is very likely to be turned away from a recycling facility and diverted to landfill, which was what I found was happening in our place. Um, So I thought, well, how do we simplify rather than complicating? And I think this was um, part of the design disruption that we were taught, which is turn an idea on its head. Rather than having more bins and more choice for people where to put the rubbish, um, simplify it and have one. Think about having one waste stream Um, And what can you do that rather than being less bad, you can actually do good. So that's quite a massive U-turn on thinking. Um, So I applied that to this situation and I thought, how do we do good? What what, what would be the best possible outcome? And I thought, well, enriching our soil 
would be the best possible outcome. If, if in having a drink and using a container that, because of the situation we're in, has to be disposable, um, wouldn't it be best if that turned into good quality compost rather than recycled plastic, which we have a lot of in the world? And obviously something I think the figure is 9% ever gets recycled. So um, I thought, well, if, if everything that we put into the customer's hands can be fully compostable, I'm not talking biodegradable. There is a difference and you have to look this up. But compostable is very different than biodegradable and they do get muddled up. People get very confused. And I thought, well, you know, people aren't at a concert to be confused. They're right. at a concert to have a wonderful time. So yeah. they don't want to think about that stuff. <laughs> so, so um, I thought, well, okay, if you, I, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to give them a guilt trip. You know, people have spent a lot of money to come out and have a great time and connect with friends and family and enjoy the music. They just want to just have a drink and move on. So um, absolutely everything that anyone has in their hands at the arena is compostable. So at the end of the night, we just sweep the whole lot, all the bins, all the floor into the one skip and it goes down to a local um composting facility where it's composted and actually they don't regard themselves as being in the waste management industry they regard themselves as being in the business of producing quality compost to sell to kiwi fruit orchards um, and we're just a, we're just a supplier we're just a raw material that they use to make their product that's amazing yeah it's a great so outcome did, did you have any resistance with within you know I mean, I know that you're obviously we're talking about you're not middle management, you're high up. But was there any sort of resistance to to putting well, the, it and implementing? Apparently, uh, there were a few naysayers, and they're now the biggest champions. So um, the head of oh, catering wow. muttered a lot behind my back. I have been told, <laughs> and he now presents at conferences, not as if it was his idea, but he's very proud of what we've done. But he was wow. quite cynical. He thought it would make everything harder. And in fact, it's made it a lot easier. Um, That's incredible. So yeah, you have to do, it's all or nothing though. You can't mm -hmm. say, oh, put everything in this bin apart from that, you know. So it, it, it literally all goes in the one bin. And as long as you look after your procurement, which is purchasing of lids and cups and straws, and yes, we have straws because they're made of cornstarch. Um, you know, all the packaging that goes around a burger, even the chips are, um, as in the crisps, I call them, because of being English, um, they're in a compostable bag, which is a New Zealand company called Proper Crisps, who've embraced the compostables revolution and everything that they sell is in compostable packaging. And that's home compostable, which is fantastic. So people can do that at home. But we use those in the arena too. That's, that's I'm just, yeah, as I mentioned <laughs> earlier, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of speechless because it is, it is such a massive undertaking and you've, you've done it so well. And, you know, even the naysayers are, are singing your praises and, and they're so excited about being a part of, and I think that's what you did well. You, you made sure that everyone really, felt a part of this and really oh. it, the team you know I, I can just see that I mean I went to Spark Arena not that long ago and it it just it was a different place a different vibe it was yeah it was really cool I wish our listeners could uh, could, could actually <laughs> visit if, if they were here in New Zealand they'd, they'd get a chance to see that it is a huge huge indoor venue and it's gorgeous Anyway, and great, obviously, great concerts have been through there. Lots of uh, amazing acts. But just to see what you guys have done. And and I think you did it in about three months. 
or something like that. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't well, we, like we had to do it overnight. We had to push play overnight, and we were we were coming up to six sold out shows by Pink, and I said, "Let's do it at Pink," and the general manager said, "Oh, can we just do it on something small just to try it out?" And I said, "You know, we have to clean out every bar. We have seven bars. We have to clean out every bar of anything that is a rogue item and fully stock with compostables. It's all or nothing." And they were freaking out, and it was absolutely incredible. First night, that was it, done. And never, we've never looked back. Absolutely. And what's wonderful, actually, side effect that I didn't really think about, I kind of thought about, was the generation who are working on our bars are mostly students. They're 20-year-olds, I would say, more or less. And this generation is so ethically switched on. They have a really strong meaningful workplace now because they they are proud of what they do they're not complicit in a system that they don't agree with they're complicit in a system that they are proud of so it, it's actually a very great motivator our staff are really switched on and engaged about it um, and they see behind the scenes that we're doing it we're not just paying lip service to being a bit green um, which which is really what you see now is that they're very into transparency and and, um, and not bluffing people um, and 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 they can they're part of it and they and they love it so it, it's That's a good place incredible. to work. So yeah, and you know we're, on our on our station we're really passionate about uplifting others on Heart of Indie Radio and I'd love for you to share maybe a heartwarming story or an event that maybe you experienced in in your years with you know managing a, a music venue and you know if there's something that you'd like to just kind of encourage us with tonight um, as sort of a. A, a closer just so that we get the warm and fuzzies <laughs> oh yeah well, I think probably something that's happened I mean obviously New Zealand is now up and running you know we, we feel like we're post-covid now which we obviously aren't we're in the we're in the eye of the storm um but um we're obviously having to turn to local because we can't because of our quarantine regulations we can't bring international artists in so what we've seen is a massive interest in local artists and there is one local artist who's a from the royal family of New Zealand musicians. So he's the son of Tim Finn and the nephew of Neil Finn of Crowded House and lately Fleetwood Mac. Um, and my daughter, um, who is overseas now, when she was a, a school um, child, organised a fundraising event for UNICEF in the Tuning Fork, which is our small venue, um, with her friends from school. And it was a, it was an awareness for the Syrian conflict for UNICEF many years ago uh, when it was just starting. And she she got her friend Harper to perform. And Harper, two weeks ago, sold out the tuning fork. Um, in his oh, my own goodness. Life. And he wow. has had 600,000 streams for his new track on Spotify. And he's a great success story. And what was so cool, and you get this as a mom, is because we were all in coffee group together. So all the mums are in the gig, all the kids are down the front dancing and going, go Harper, yay Harper, this is so cool. Um, and he's playing actual tracks that get played on Triple J and, you know, he's successful in Australia too. And um, and we're all at the back and we're looking at each other going, oh, wow. <laughs> didn't, they grow, didn't they grow up nice? Oh, <laughs> so. that's, and you probably feel like a bit like the tuning fork is, you know, sort of an extension of your living room, really. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's our baby venue. It's where we wear our heart on our sleeve. We can't mm. often do that in the big, in the big room, but mm. um, it's, oh, it's that's a incredible. nice place. Yeah, I love that. I love, circle. I love that New Zealand's been, you know, um, been able to do that with, you know, I mean, obviously, as you said, we're, we are very fortunate over here on the side of the world and that we, we are able to have things opened up and, 
and music venues are one of them. But I think everyone really appreciates it. You know, I don't think anyone's taking what's going on for granted. I think everyone's really thankful to be connected with one another. And music is one of those heartwarming things that we can all share, uh, whether we speak the same language or not. We, yep. we love a melody. And I think it's really beautiful that um, I really love that story about Harper. I actually uh, streamed his latest uh, a couple of days ago and I heard about him through through you. Um, oh, and good. so, I, well, yeah, so that's I'm doing my job. <laughs> yes, you are. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's really been an honor to have you here tonight with us. And I, I believe that our listeners will be inspired to take a look at at their own lives and maybe their own music venues when they do open up around the world again. And I think that this is an exciting time where we do have choice and we, uh, I hope that people will look into what they can personally do to make this world a better, better place to start right. their own home. Um, and I think we are given now that, that opportunity um, to really do things um, better. Mm. So, um, so thank you so much, Judith. It's really been great to have you on the You're show. Welcome. Thank and you. Um, where, yes, thank you. And is there a place that we can go to read and or participate in more of what you're doing? Is there a website that you can give us? Because I'd uh, love for our listeners to, you know, hear more about your journey. Yeah, um, I, I set up a consultancy with my daughter who's now in the UK and she does the same thing as I do uh, as a consultant. Um, there's a few um, case studies and so on on our website. So that's greenerarena.com. Awesome. So well, you've heard it, folks. Be sure to read up on what Judith and her daughter are doing. Very exciting. And thank you so much for being on our show. And folks, we're going to get back to the music right here on Heart of Indie Radio. <laughs> 